Hey guys, this is Luke Humphrey. Welcome back to the Luke Humphrey Running Podcast. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the first marathon series. It was uh, it was fun to put together for me and a great way to revisit what we'd put in the book. But uh, hopefully it, you know, it sheds some light on some things for, for those looking to run a marathon for the first time. And uh, I even got, you know, from our Facebook group and things like that, I got a lot of uh, positive feedback as well from just revisiting some some basics that we sometimes forget. So um, so thank you for those who, who reached out and and uh, hopefully uh, you know looking at the downloads it looks like uh, quite a few a few of you have uh, u- utilized that. So so I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And uh, today I'm gonna you know I'm gonna the first marathon series was easy because I had basically ready material to get ready to go. Um, you know as we get into spring. Uh, spring marathon season's coming around, so I don't know if I'll be able to do a podcast every week, but my goal is to definitely do one at least every other week. It depends on how many schedules are writing and all that good stuff, but uh, but I, I enjoy it, and I look forward to, to putting more topics into uh, further discussion for you. So today, I'm going to kind of expand on something that uh, we touched on in the first marathon series, and <clears throat> that's increasing mileage. I really want to go into the 10% rule a little bit more, uh, and I, especially because I got a I got an email from a gentleman who uh, who bought the book, the Hans's first marathon. He was very concerned that the book did not follow the 10% rule, and uh, and I have in air quotes 10% rule because you know it's it's one of those things where. I don't who even came up with a 10% rule. I, I don't know. And I actually did a Dr. Google search and couldn't really come up with anything either. And so, and it's funny how things work out that way because, you know, you'll hear, you'll hear Kevin and Keith tell their story about how, you know, the 20 mile, about the 20 miler and things like that. And, and, and I actually did my master's thesis on 220 minus your age for heart rate. And, you know, there's a few hundred pages of, <laughs> research there that I wrote out that like nobody ever really it was just kind of an arbitrary number and sometimes you get that and I, and I understand that because you get you get coaches who they don't know why they just know that it works and obviously if you keep somebody at a low enough level you're probably not going to get them hurt so so if 10% is an easy number right you can just say don't increase your mileage by 10% you won't get hurt and and that may be true. That's probably true for a lot of people. Um, but so I really wanted to look at, you know, from a, from a research standpoint, where the 10% rule stacks up, and more importantly, from a, from a, a practical standpoint. And so uh, I want to jump into that. So, and luckily, I, fi- I found out, I found an article that really did a lot of the work for me, which is, which is always nice. Um, so this article has appeared in the, uh, International Journal of Sports Physical Therapy in December of 2018, and it's a meta-analysis. So most of you probably know what a meta-analysis is, but it's basically just a culmination of all the research that was ever done, and they they try to take a look at it. Um, And then they sort out based on certain criteria. So they were looking at, uh, they only wanted to look at articles involving running-related injury as a result of training load, and we'll get into what actual training load is in a little bit. Uh, They were randomized trials and included ages 18 to 65, and they used runners as subjects. Uh, and what's amazing to me is that they began with a database of over 8,200 research studies, and by the time they were screened for the eligibility, 
only four studies actually met the criteria. So what this immediately tells us is that the subject really hasn't been looked at over over a long, fairly long period of time, probably 30, 40 years, um, through, at least through sound scientific principles. You know? And so you have to do that because one, randomized trials is really the gold standard for any study. You want it to be randomized. Um, even the training load itself, I mean, that can mean a lot of things. That could be mileage, that could mean intensity, that could mean adding frequency. Like what variables are you adding to increase the training load? So even that's a little bit deceptive there. And then um, using runners as subjects, because like a lot of times you'll get, you'll see a lot of military-based studies. And the reason why they do is because they can get a lot of subjects, right? And they can look at, um, they can look at different things based on having a large number of people. But sometimes like if, you know, a lot of people in the military are runners, you know, they do running in basic training and through their, through their PE and things like that. And I've coached a lot of runners who or a lot of runners who are active military and, you know, that's part of what they do, but they're not necessarily runners per se. So you really have to be careful with what you're looking at. Um, uh, and so that, that really does that beg, that really begged to me the question, what, what, why did we settle on 10%? You know, and I honestly don't know the answer to that. I mean, I think that's that's the big mystery. Uh, and just it's really just one of those things where along the line, somebody thought it was a good idea, uh, made an assessment of it, and it's and it's stuck over time. And, and that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just where where actually did that come from? So that's really what I want to look at. Uh, and so then moving on. So as far as what did make the criteria, what does the data actually say? And unfortunately, even with the four studies that made the cut, there remain issues. So mainly the lack of the definition of a sudden increase in training, right? So what was the actual definition of sudden increase? Was it from one week to the next, one day to the next, rolling average? There's a lot of things you have to really, really decide on there. There wasn't really continuity. And that's what you find with a lot of problems with research is, you know, the, the whole idea of doing a research study is to make it duplicate duplicatable yeah that's a word right so you can duplicate it time and time again and if it's sound if you do the same duplication you should get the same results over and over again right so if you don't have something that's really uh that you can replicate then people are kind of doing their own thing uh and and then things get you know you're going to be having all these different results when they're trying to look at the exact same things and so it's really kind of hard to discern what actually is and what isn't. So that's part of the problem. And then with only four studies, then we start running into problems, right? So, um, so that's that's really part of the problem. The same thing with nutrition. There's so much different definitions of the same thing that you run into problems. So, with any case, let's uh, let's talk about this. So, um, so that was the big that was the big problem there. The the definition of increase in training was a big one. Um, but in the, in the, all four, okay, so all four studies showed that injuries increased with mileage, but failed to define the increase. In the fourth article, though, so the, the last article that they looked at that met the criteria, uh, three groups were looked at. And I think this is kind of where we're basing our decisions off here. Uh, they looked at a group that stayed within a 10% increase in training, a, a second group that was 10 to 29% increase in training, and a last group was 30% increase in training. The biggest takeaway is that the 30% by far and away had higher injury rates. And that's no big surprise to anybody, right? You can't, it's, you have to keep things in balance, right? You can't just 
jack your training up and expect things to go to go well for long periods of time. Um, so the, the, but the back end of that, though, is that there were the, the differences between there was really no difference in rate of injury between the 10 percent group and then the 10 to 29 percent group. Those two groups essentially had the same rate of injury. So uh, if you were going to increase your mileage by 10 percent, you were probably going to get the group. The chance of getting an injury was the same as somebody who was essentially increasing their training by 25 percent. So you really saw no increase in, in possibility of getting injured. So so that there tells us another thing, too, that we don't necessarily have to stick to that such a low volume of training. But I think you have to look at that a little bit more, too. So um, so I think the, the, the things you have to take out of this is, one, there needs to be there doesn't need to be, but there, there need there there should be some more research on this area to really get some some definition and some clarity. Uh, the second thing I would take from that is that if you're considering mileage as a source of training load increase, which I'll get into a little bit later, the smaller relative increases may not have any more impact on injury rate does as more moderate increases of of volume. And so, from a practical standpoint, I say that there are a few factors to consider when deciding how much to increase your mileage rate. So the first factor is uh, where you currently are with your running. So believe it or not, a lower mileage runner can probably be a little more aggressive in terms of percentage increase. So let's take a look at a couple of examples. And I, I touched on this in the uh, the one the one podcast we did with for uh, for uh, um, first marathon. So I'm using a baseline of ten miles per week so let's let's see what an average runner starts out at right a newbie a newbie starts out about 10 miles a week that's you know essentially three times a week three three miles three miles a run um so 10 percent increase it, we, the first week you increase your mileage you'd, you'd have a you'd, that first week would be 11 miles to get to 20 miles would take you eight weeks so two months just to go from 10 to 20 miles per week 20 percent increase it to get to 20 miles a week would take you four weeks. And if you did a 25% increase, it would take you still roughly three to four weeks to get to 20 miles per week. All right, so by by that chart, you see that using a starting point of 10 miles per week is the starting baseline. If In this example, we are using this for a new runner. We're not looking at, we're only using a new run. We're only looking at running volume. We're not talking about adding workouts, um, adding, you know, that's the big thing. Now we're not talking about adding workouts. We're controlling simply for volume. Um, and I'm excluding other variables like intensity for now. If you start at 10 miles per week and increase mileage by 10% per week, per week, it would take you two months to build to 20 miles per week. On the flip side, if you believe the research is, what the research is indicating, an increase by 20% per week, you can knock that time in half. If I'll increase this more in a second, I'll discuss this more in a second, but let's discuss the 25% column. You can see at week four, you are almost the same as a 20%. You know, it's it's 20.74 versus 22.5 um, at week four. However, after that, you really start increasing the mileage. And this is more of a relative term. So you go from 22 to 28 to 35 to 43 to 55. So in two months, going from 10 miles a week to 55 miles a week is a substantial stretch, right? Like as a coach, I don't particularly feel comfortable with doing that with a person. Um, and that's simply just on mileage too. And there's other factors too. If I were doing workouts too, there's no way I would jump up that fa that fast. But to get to 
where we want to be, I think uh, 20%, 20 to 25% is a, a good start. And we'll get to that. I think to get to that sweet spot of 20 to 25 miles a week, and this, this I'm talking about a new runner, right? So I feel like if you can get a newer runner to 20 to 25 miles a week, you really open the doors for a lot of stuff. So, so moving on from that, why do I need to increase that fast? Won't I get hurt? Why am I referencing four weeks? Why is 20 to 25 miles a week important? These are all questions that I found myself asking while writing this, and I assume that you are asking something similar. So part of the answers, so part of the answers to these involve the research, and while the others involves just my observations from from coaching folks. Four weeks to be a peer appears to be a good amount of time to build just your mileage. I'm not talking about doing workouts or anything like that. Just building your mileage and adding some other source of training load increase. So we get to basically what I'm saying is we get to four weeks on mileage. Then we can essentially either stay at that mileage or back way off on the amount of that we're increasing and slowly add the other variables in. And so we're still increasing training load, but we're just we're scaling back the one variable to make sure that we can safely add another variable. Because if we add too many variables at one time, that's when we get hurt. Uh, you know, and we can do that in four weeks and not significantly increase the risk of developing a running related injury based on what I've seen as a coach and based on what the research is also telling us. I can get a runner to focus on just adding mileage while keeping intensity low and not take forever to do it. Then I can allow them to jump into a training program. So maybe the beginner marathon program, or, you know, then they can open up the door if they want to do 5Ks and 10Ks. There are the possibilities of where you can go from that 20 to 25 miles a week are, you know, you can basically do anything. You can do anything you want from that standpoint. Uh, if you're marathon training, it allows us to add slower intensity and longer run while scaling back the rate at which we are increasing the volume of training by slower intensity, I'm just taking that next step up the intensity ladder, right? I'm not talking about adding just speed work. I'm talking about mainly adding marathon pace work. For a lot of people, that's the next logical step, right? We're just going to go from um, easy running and moderate pace running into then adding the next step, which would be marathon pace running. And we're so all this time, we are, we are uh, still gaining fitness, but we're also adjusting the variables at which we increase. So maybe we use a 20 to 25% increase for the first four weeks. We get to that 20 to 25 miles a week. If we're gonna start adding marathon pace workouts, then that's the other variable we're adding, right? So we'll scale back the amount we increase. Maybe we scale that back down to 15 or 10% increases in overall volume and slowly add the marathon pace. and maybe a little bit longer, longer. And so we just, then we can just start shifting things around a little bit without focusing on one, on one thing. So, so that is why I think that that four weeks is a good starting point for you. All right. Uh, so now everything we've talked about so far uh, was to get a runner from initial lower mileage to a solid base and then start structured training. So your initial focus was simply more mileage at easier paces than allowing a shift away from adding mileages fast but insert more intensity. Once we got to a level of about 30 miles a week, I don't think you can continue to add mileage at that 20 to 25%. It's almost kind of a reverse scale. Now we really start scaling back the amount we can actually increase our volume because in percentage wise, you know, it's still not a huge percentage, but in absolute numbers, now it's becoming much, much bigger, right? So I actually made another chart. So 
if you get to 30 miles a week, you add 10%, it's three miles the next week, or 15%, it's four and a half miles a week. At 20%, it's six miles a week. So if you add 20% onto a 30 mile week, that's a six mile run. Where's that six miles gonna come from? And that's really kind of the stretching point at 30 miles a week, I would put. Uh, at 40 miles, it'd be really be like 15% would be a six, six mile increase. At 50 miles, a 10% would be five miles, and at 60 miles a week, six miles would be a 10% increase. And then after that, you really wanna be cautious, right? So anything above that, you really wanna be careful. So let's just use an example. If you're running 40 miles a week and you go up by 25%, that's 10 miles a week. That's a, that's a relatively big number in absolute terms. And if you go 30%, that's 12 miles. That's like adding a whole nother long run onto your, onto your week, right? So then we have to start really being careful about the percentage that we're increasing and start looking more at the absolute number that we're, that we're adding. Because for a lot of you, you get to 40, 50 miles a week and you add 10%, which is four and five miles, that's almost adding another run to your week, right? So where are we gonna fit that in? And so think about it this way, at lower mileage, you have a lot more room to wiggle, wiggle room. You may be able to add another day for a couple of, couple of the increases. So if you're starting out like three days a week, you might be able to get the, build to four, build to five, maybe build to six, you have those options there. Um, then you can start increasing your longer run on the weekend, and then a mile or here during the weekend weekday, and all, you know you you have places to put that extra mileage. But you're all, you're eventually going to get to a point is where where am I going to put that mileage? So then then it really becomes uh, you have to be careful too. And then I would say, you know, and I don't really talk about it much in what I wrote out, but then I think you kind of shift away from just adding mileage, and you part, start putting your focus in, into maybe other things. Uh, so to summarize, when starting at a low weekly volume, take four to six weeks and add volume through easy running rate at 15 to 25% per week. Then back the rate of increasing volume off and, and allow for the addition of intensity along with gradual increases in daily, daily volume and frequency of runs. So up until now, all the discussion has been centered around the first time getting to a weekly volume. However, what if you're coming off planned downtime, say post-race? Uh, I don't put injury in this category because I think you have to handle that differently. That's a different topic. Uh, or what if you were, training, you were training at a lower volume, say for a shorter race, say you did a 5K10 segment, and then you're going to jump back into a marathon segment. How do we get back into that, that, uh, that higher mileage? So overall, the general theory is about the same for my athletes. As, as long as the volume is something you were able to tolerate previously, then you can certainly be more aggressive than the 10% uh, increase per week. My general rule of thumb is that the first week of running is about 50% of the desired weekly mileage. So if you're wanting to get up to 50 miles a week, we start out at you know 25 miles per week. Uh, the second week would be an increase of 25%. So that in our example there would be up to 30, about 31 miles per week. The third week could be a 20% increase, which should take you to 37 and a half miles per week. The fourth week could be a 10% increase, and that would take you to 41 miles per week. At this point, you're about 80% of the peak volume that you're going to get to, right? So um, I know there's a lot of percentages there, but uh, so basically taking four weeks to get to 80% of the peak volume that you want to get to. Because remember, at this point, you're going to have at least, depending on who you are and where you're at with training, you're going to have anywhere from eight weeks to... 18 weeks beyond this that you're going to train so we can even if we increase like five percent a week you'd still probably get up to that peak mileage for a number of weeks but if we go at that peak mileage too soon and we're at that peak mileage for you know 12 14 weeks and doing workouts that's a recipe for getting overcooked so we have, that's you know you really have to balance everything everything out
so that's the summary of what I would do for a marathon. But if you're coming off of a shorter race like a 5K or a 10K, then you could probably get away with two or three week buildup and then start workouts that third or fourth week back because you went from doing a lot of intensity, take a short break, and maybe that's even just active rest. Maybe that's just a week of easy running at lower mileage, and then you jump into your buildup for the marathon again. Um, granted, this is all dependent on the fact that you are healthy or the source of the problem has been addressed. So if you do have a problem that's taken care of, you're not injured, you're not starting the training cycle injured, anything like that. All right, so to me, the biggest takeaways is that there's not a lot of research to show that 10% should be a hard and fast rule when increasing your mileage. Like a lot of items in training, it is dependent on your individual factors. It's all about, it's also more about relative percentage that makes the most sense. A 30% increase at 10 miles a week is a lot more reasonable than a 30% increase at 50 miles per week because of the absolute numbers that you're adding on to that. And lastly, I feel like we have had much more success when focusing on mileage first in low intensities before slowing the rate of volume increases to accommodate more intensity. Granted, if you, are, if you know you are more injury prone, then maybe focus on becoming more resilient before trying to make big jumps or explore common themes of why you're becoming injured. Um, I'll use a personal example of this. I had a, I had a gentleman email me, and this was a number of years ago, uh, and he, he was hurt all the time. And so I looked at his log, and I looked at it for months, and I think even a couple of years, and he had the same thing was he jumped up everything so quick. Like he would go zero to 60 in like two weeks. He'd be doing workouts full tilt, you know, and then he'd be hurt. In four to six weeks, he'd be hurt. And he did this time and time and time and time again. I mean, literally over and over again. And so he wanted me to hire, he wanted to hire me. And so I go, okay, well, this is what we need to do. We need to slow down how fast you're building up. I said, and then for him, I did say, I said, you need to go to like a 10% rule or something like that because you are just going so fast on everything that you're doing that your body just cannot keep up with it. Your body's breaking down because you're, you're throwing so much at it at one time, it simply can't handle it. So we need to control some of these variables. He got so mad and he's like, I will not do that. I am not. And, I, and they, he didn't hire me, which was probably better for both of us, but it was like, Look at those things. Look, that's why that's one of the reasons why we keep a training log, right? That's why, you know, not just to post on Strava, but to look at look at it, right? If something continually happens, why is it happening? And so we can look at that. We can look at our training and, and look at and see those things. So um, just keep that in mind when you're doing that, because it could save you. It could save you a lot of hassle by seeing where the trouble's coming from and then fixing it, you know. And so just keep that in mind. But you know, and all, at the end of the day, 10% might be fine, but it's all relative to where you're at and what, what your situation is. And I think we've covered a lot of that in here. And hopefully that will help a lot of you, you know, get out of the mindset where it has to be this just painstakingly gradual increase to get to a certain amount of mileage. Um, you know, and sometimes we get too aggressive, but on the other hand, we get too conservative sometimes too. So hopefully this will kind of help you keep things in balance, keep things moving along and uh, doing what you really want to do is train at a higher level and racing at a higher level. So, uh, so hopefully that helps as always. Thanks for listening guys. And uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good one.